reflect on a lot, especially with traveling, is like this idea of asking for help. It's like we feel like we're going to be a burden or, you know, just the person is going to find us annoying or whatever. But I think sometimes we don't even have to ask for help. People can kind of pick up on it. And in addition to humans being a gift, I also think of asking for help as a gift because, you know, if, if I asked for you help, I, if I asked for your help with something and you were able to help me, that feels really, that would feel good for you and for me. Welcome everyone to Life with Lisa podcast. Our mission at Life with Lisa is to share people's stories and the challenges that everyone had to overcome so that those who are listening in can get the courage, the strength, and the hope to be better selves. And today we have a very special guest. She is an author at heart. She's just a beautiful soul. I'm so happy to have you here. Welcome, Anthea. Thank you so much, Lisa, for having me. <laughs> and my first question is quite a challenging one, and I'm sure you'll enjoy it a lot. So what is a story or a station that happened to you whenever you were traveling and just in general in life, which basically restored your hope in humanity? Ooh, that's a good it's one. A, it's a challenging one, so take your time to think about it. Okay. Yeah. Um, let me think. There have been so many, as you know, as you, once you start traveling, it's that I think traveling in itself restores hope and humanity just kind of every day. Um, but I'm trying to think. So I, part of my struggle of growing up was kind of feeling like I never fit in, in a group. Um, in high school, I was kind of the odd one out. I spent a lot of time alone. I used to eat lunch alone every day in this place called the writing center. So I just like never had a group and that was kind of um, sad. And so mm -hmm. when I started traveling, um, when I got to Bali, I kind of met this acro yoga community, which was, they really welcomed me in. And that was the first time that I felt like I really belonged in a group and just seeing how everyone was so different within that community but that they were all a group together, I think really restored my faith in humanity and that, you know, it's never too late to find your community. If you feel like you're, you haven't found your tribe yet or a group of people who understand you or um, make you feel, or where you feel included, that that can happen at any time. Um, and I just got really lucky. And I found that when I moved to a new country alone, which I definitely didn't expect. Um, so that's one. Cool. And are you still in touch with that community? Yes, I met some of my closest friends um, from that community, and a lot of them do live in Bali, so I miss them very dearly. Um, but I, I love knowing that they're there. And that's another cool thing about traveling is you are able to connect so deeply with people and that feeling and that bond really stays no matter where you are around the world. You kind of become the citizen of the world. And exactly. I think it has the advantage that you get to meet so many cool people and the strangers that you can call friends after just a few days traveling together. But mm -hmm. at the same time, the downside that I felt that you almost never feel like home because you feel like so many people from all over the world have a place in your heart that you, you just want to collect everyone in just one place and hug everyone. And yeah, I don't know if you also experience something similar to that. Yeah, I think so. But I think now when I think of my home, I, I think of more of, of the world and people rather than a place, which is really cool. So it's kind of like mm -hmm. you become your own home, like as a person and wherever you go, depending who's there, that becomes your new home. 
for a short time. Wow. I think the thing that I just love about you is that you have so many cool concepts. And one of the ones that I just recently saw on your Instagram page was the concepts of gifts and the folder that you have on your phone. So if you could just mm-hmm. tell us a bit more about that. Yeah. So um, speaking about meeting new people and creating deep connections, um, when I started traveling, anyone who I would meet, I would take a picture, like a selfie with them, just so I could remember, even if it was like a one minute conversation we had, even if they turned into a best friend, I just would take a picture with them. And I created a folder called gifts in my phone, where I started adding all these faces. So I have like hundreds of pictures of people in that uh, folder now. And I kind of like to think that humans are gifts, and they are sent to us um, in times of need. And so that folder helps me kind of get through hard times when I'm feeling sad, I go back and I just, the picture helps you remember the person, what their voice sounded like, what you talked about, like where you were that day, things that are easy to forget, you know, when you're, especially when you're struggling. So that is, yeah, that's one of my favorite folders to hang out. And I just constantly go back and look and I even have a picture of us from our first um, Instagram live we did together. (laughs) So yeah. Oh my gosh. You know, when you were just saying this, and I think every time I just saw you sharing this, I get goosebumps because I find it so beautiful. Just thinking of humans as gifts and then actually Mm -hmm. having them all in one folder and just looking at them and just realizing how powerful the human connection actually is. Yeah. And I think it's just such a practical tip that you just said, oh my God, I'm getting goosebumps again. I just love this idea of this. (laughs) yeah it's powerful and this the folders actually I made before that so I like this thing with folders because I think this idea of especially something like your phone you have all the time so another folder I have is it's titled you are loved and anytime I get like a message from a friend or someone that's about you know a time that we spent together or being grateful um I put, I add things into that folder, you are loved. So if I'm ever feeling like really down or depressed, I go there to kind of reconnect myself to that love feeling. Um, yeah, I just wanted to share that just because it's, it's, you know, people say nice things and you forget them. It's like that idea that if you get one negative comment, but like a thousand nice ones, you remember the negative. So I think in our head, sometimes we can get stuck in negative thoughts. And so having a folder full of positive love can help us get out of that cycle. Yeah. I've heard once this idea that basically our brains take on negative so much more than the positive. So basically to cancel out one negative comment, you need to hear like six positive ones. Mm -hmm. And I thought it's so crazy, especially now in this world with social media, where somebody you never know, you don't even know can write something negative on your page. And your brain takes it on as if it's actually the person you know, because with social media, like our brains are not used to the internet or social media. So we don't know we if we know this person or not because our brain conceives it as it's our friend, somebody from our tribe because they have proximity to us. And then yeah. it can have such detrimental effect. And then you need to hear six positive things <laughs> to uh-huh. balance it out. That's why I think keeping a folder that you mentioned with the things that you are loved and uh, the nice things that people actually say and that the majority of the people actually are there spreading love and uh it's a it's it's a great reminder of that yeah yeah maybe you can make a folder after this i have i have a few folders myself (laughs) okay what are some that you have 
So I have a folder which is called Life with Lisa Why. And I think it comes from an idea from Simon Sinek, who wrote uh, Start With Why. Basically, you need to know why you're doing what you're doing. And I screenshot there all the nice comments or the feedback that I get from sharing things on Life with Lisa page. And then whenever I just feel discouraged or mo not motivated or I just get some negative feedback, I go there to the folder to understand, to remind myself basically of why I'm doing what I'm doing and actually that it does help people and that I just need to keep going because it's so easy to forget. And especially, as you mentioned, when you are in that more negative state, your brain almost like cancels out all the good things and you just cannot yeah. remember all the nice people or the love that you got, you just so focused on the negative. Mm -hmm. Wow, that's, I'm gonna borrow that. I, that's beautiful. Imagine if everyone had that why folder, it would help so much with the self-doubt and all these things that we struggle with. Yeah, wow. definitely. And I was wondering, because I see that you yourself have overcome many challenges. I know from our previous conversations and just researching you before our previous conversation, and you have come up with lots of practical tips, like having the folder, um, doing the three-minute meditation. I was just wondering, what are your like top three go-to things when you're feeling a bit low or negative that you would do and that help? That's a great question. Um, so the first thing that I do is actually a drawing exercise that I learned at a, a training I did for uh, mind-body medicine which is all, which Tell is this idea. That, yeah. So <laughs> mind body medicine is this idea that we are all like self healers. And so it basically teaches you tools that you can use to help you in your healing trauma journey um, or just life in general. So this first um, exercise I do, it's you draw four pictures and the first picture you draw is you right now. So you kind of think about you in the present moment. So if you're having a panic attack or if you feel really sad, you just kind of put how you're feeling in that moment in a picture and kind of going at it from a visual approach helps you um, get a little bit deeper because words sometimes can be too specific and we might not know how we're feeling. So drawing a picture actually helps you start to connect to yourself on a deeper level. Um, so that's the first one you draw. Biggest problem. So that helps you get clear on what it is you're struggling with. Um, the third picture you draw is you with your biggest problem solved. So it helps you imagine what your life is going to be like without that problem there, which for me was a huge struggle for a long time. I just didn't think I was ever going to be okay or heal. And I didn't even know what that would look like or feel like for myself and my life. So that picture helps you, you know, imagine something beautiful. And then the fourth picture you draw is you solving that problem. So this is the, like, secret sauce I think because it allows you to connect with like that inner wisdom and just even if it's like a word you write down it just helps you get to the next moment um a lot of times mine will be like schedule therapy or ask for help talk to my mom right it just helps you kind of get clear on what's going to help you mm. with this problem um so that's my number one thing maybe we can do it sometime it's so it's so powerful it's so powerful and I, I think especially just to add a bit of science behind it, uh, because that's something that I just read about the brain. So we have 
three aspects of our brain. So the first one, the the ones that which is the oldest one, which basically responds to our basic responses like flight or fight, etc. Then we have the middle one and the most developed one. So the neurocortex. So basically, the most developed one is actually responsible for language. And then the middle one is more responsible for like emotions, movements, etc. So the interesting part is sometimes when we are really angry or sad or scared, we cannot put it into words and we cannot just find words just because our neurocortex is overpowered by the middle part. So basically it turns off. So we, we, we do not, basically we do not have access to our most developed brain parts mm -hmm. to tell us that we are okay or to even communicate to, to anybody else that we, what we're experiencing and finding. Um, and because we are just so overpowered by this emotion that we're experiencing, but we can draw. And I think that's why I was thinking that your go-to uh, solution is so amazing because actually it lets us still kind of express what we're feeling and what is the problem and how we can overcome it, even in the time when our brain is kind of locked in and we do not yeah. have access to the most developed part and actually kind of relax us so that our brain can start working again and we can, um, we don't feel like we're under threat or in danger anymore. So exactly. it's so, so powerful. Yeah. And there's actually, um, there's this book called The Body Keeps the Score. Um, have you heard of it? I've heard about it, but unfortunately I have not read it. Have you? Yeah, I highly recommend it. So it's The Body Keeps the Score, How the Brain, Mind, and Body Encode and Respond to Trauma. So it's all about trauma. And that book, it's like doing 10 years of therapy in like one book. I mean, it really helps you understand other people, yourself. And um, just going off of what you were saying, there's this thing called alexithemia, which is actually something that people experience who've experienced trauma, um, where you can't, you literally can't, you don't have the words to explain your experience or what you're feeling because of what's going on in the brain, like you said. So there's a word for that, alexithemia. And so people who have that, like when they first go into therapy and they just can't talk, they just can't talk about it, drawing is what helps them be able to tell their story because it's kind of like a book. When I go back and look at my drawings, I then sometimes can tell a story like, okay, this, 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 but before I wouldn't be able to. So yeah, I just wanted to share that, um, that you I love that you shared that um, bit of science. Yeah, it's great. And I also know that another practical tip that you do is this three minute meditation. And I just wanted uh, you to share more about the three minute med meds that you do on Mondays and why mm -hmm. you do it and what's the purpose behind it. Mm, beautiful. So yeah, I lead a three minute meditation every Monday at 10 a.m. EST. And the purpose behind that is that I, I really wanted to create like a dose of peace that anybody could do that was just three minutes that would give them a place, um, again, a place of understanding with where they are in the present moment and help them move forward. So the three minute meditation combines um, three very powerful um, parts of meditation. The first is breathing. The second is like a, this thing called a body scan where you go through and you relax each part of your body um, like slowly. And then we also do this idea of like a one word check-in, but in a way of asking ourselves like what word we need to hear most right now. And that can be a really powerful um, reset or give us an intention to go throughout the rest of our day. So yeah, but the goal with that is it's, it's three minutes. 
It's also $3 and all the funds go to fund therapy for minds in need. And so you think if we could have like a million people meditating like every Monday, that could be a lot of um, therapy for people who need it. So it's like mental health crowdfunding. So, yeah. yeah. And I think my favorite part about that, uh, the three minute meds that you get your daily dose of this is actually the talk afterwards, because mm -hmm. you enter into this very peaceful and relaxed state and just you're more aware of your state, even if you're a bit anxious that day or, or whatever emotion you're experiencing, you're just more aware of it. And then you just share, everyone shares their, their words and their colors that they saw. And uh, then it also gives you this sense of community. I think we have had like 30 people or even more joining in and everyone meditating together and then talking about it. So for anyone who wants to join in some community, everyone, I feel like that is a community where everyone is welcome and you don't need mm -hmm. to speak up. You can just join in silently and then feel this being part of community because I do believe in community a lot and in the power of community that it actually can lift you up whatever you're experiencing and yeah I just wanted to make a big shout out because I've been enjoying it a lot and I'm impressed by what three minutes can do it's three minutes guys three minutes right. has three minutes like no excuses literally I think I think you know if you said 15 minute meditation on Monday less people would be joining because like I don't have 15 minutes right Yep. Yeah. Three minutes. I think three minutes of doing anything. It's like you, maybe we think that's not enough time, but it's better than nothing. Right. So, yeah. And I just, just wanted to add that I just heard this phrase from Jay Shetty. I love Jay Shetty. Jay Shetty, if you ever listen to this podcast, <laughs> I love you. Uh, but um, I wanted to say that Jay Shetty said, if you do not have 10 minutes to meditate, you have to meditate 20. Yes, that's that. Yep. Yeah. And you know, Lisa, actually, we should put this out into the universe now, but I would love for Jay Shetty to come on and lead like a guest three minute meditation. You know, that's one of the ideas to help grow it because it's growing slowly right now, which is amazing. Um, but to bring in, so if you have any other like people in the mindfulness space that you, mm -hmm. that you love, um, I'm trying to make a list to like manifest that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. That would be amazing. I feel like Jay Shetty, who has meditated for more than like 10,000 hours, yeah. definitely has a very powerful energy and you can really feel it uh, when you meditate. And I, I just also feel that a lot of people are skeptical about meditation. I don't know if you have also encountered something similar because maybe for people in on Bali, more people are likely to meditate than in the US, for example. I don't know if you found the same. Yeah, I think people don't really know what meditation is or there's like this um kind of mixed up understanding of it like people think that you're supposed to just sit still and have no thoughts and so people try it and they're like I'm having a million thoughts I'm terrible at meditation I can't do it but really it's just learning how to n become aware of those thoughts as you know and then you kind of see them as they pass um so yeah what do you think about that I just don't know so basically uh, I also work at Accenture where I work as a technology consultant. And there I have, I have started doing weekly meditation sessions with my team. And mm -hmm. I work with Dutch people. And in the Netherlands, it's not that common to meditate. So it, I, I got quite a skeptical response, but people still joined in. And then afterwards, they were like, 
oh, wow, it actually worked. I didn't know it. I was so skeptical. And I, I just came out of a very stressful meeting. And now I feel so relaxed just after 10, less than 10 minutes of breathing, meditating, listening to calming music. How, how does it work? And I was just wondering, how do I actually get more people to meditate so that they can just feel it for themselves? Because they, you feel it once you have actually done it, but to actually like push somebody to actually try it. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. So I think for that, I mean, you're already, you're already there, like with the music, with the, the way that you guide your meditations um, and keeping them short. And also where I host three minute meditations, it's an audio room and you could host meditations there as well. So mm -hmm. that allows you, um, small talk allows you to set a price um, for like entry and it's just a link. So anybody who has service anywhere in the world can click the link and join that way. So maybe you, you can start leaving meditations there. That's true. I can try it out. Yeah. Um, I also wanted to ask you, I feel like there with the whole COVID situation and lots of things happening in the world, there's so much negativity. So I wanted to ask you, what has been making you happy lately? Nature. I have to say nature is a big, big one. Like I just love looking outside, looking at the sky, trees, flowers, leaves. It's uh, fall right now. Um, so nature for me is a big source of positivity. I find the natural world very inspiring, right? Like a tree, for instance, it stands, it's very unapologetically a tree. So it stands there, you know, it goes through seasons and it loses its leaves and, um, they're very rooted and they produce oxygen. So, um, yeah, nature is just full of positivity, I think, because it's kind of the definition of life and being alive. Yeah. I just also found... I feel like I really miss being in nature, nature, like with the act, because I live in Amsterdam. So we do have canals and it's very beautiful to just walk alongside canals, but I just miss something more like jungles or ocean or something so powerful. I don't know if you're lucky to live somewhere next to. Like in yeah, we, we do. I, we live like pretty much in the middle of the woods here. I live in a really rural town. So we just have woods and lakes and yeah I'm really grateful to be here <clears throat> yeah. yeah and so that and I'll also say people like connection like talks like this that we're having um I really try to make it a point to talk to a, a new stranger every day so whether that's on like social media or just somewhere out and about like really taking that moment to try to have that deep connection with a new person oh, that wow. brings like overwhelming feelings of positivity and just connection and belonging Oh, wow. So how, how do you do it? How do you manage to find one stranger? They do, would you unconsciously just text somebody through social media or how would you do that? It kind of happens organically. Um, so I go a lot to a coffee shop in a town nearby. Mm -hmm. And so that's a great place to kind of meet people. Um, and also on Instagram, yeah, I get messages like every day on the like little stories I post. And a lot of times I don't know them. And so I'll just send them a little voice message like, hey, how are you today? And then we'll just have this maybe like little conversation over one or two hours, you know, back and forth. Um, and I've actually made some really close friends that way as well. So, oh, wow. yeah, you just never know who you're going to meet. Like you really never know. I love it's your outlook on life. I think it's it's Aww. amazing just to know yeah just to be so open to meeting people and at the same time I think you have such a strong intentions to meet people so if people find you 
Mm, kind of like maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 And what is, what is actually one of your one of the favorite lessons that some strangers or people you just met for a few minutes or not for so long taught you or you learned from them? Um Oh, there's so many. And I actually have a, a lit, like a note of all of these little things that people have shared over the years. But I think one of them that I'll never forget is I, I think I, we mentioned this on our, on our live that we did, but I was in a, oh, sorry. Um, let me just, I was in a um, pretty abusive relationship for about a year, um, like lots of violence. And I was very confused as many people get in those situations about what was happening and what I should do. And if I could tell someone and, you know, if it was my fault, like I was in this really tough place and there were two people that I connected with. One was an Uber driver um, and it was a woman and she uh, kind of noticed that maybe something was wrong. And so she was just asking me some questions and I very hypothetically was like, yeah, so if you were in a situation where this was happening and I was talking about my situation, like what would you do as a friend to like help that person? Mm -hmm. And so she shared with me her story and she basically told me, you know, you have to, you have to leave. You need to understand that you could be in danger and know that you're going to be okay. And, you know, there's going to be a life for you after. Um, and that was in an Uber ride. This was in like a 45 minute Uber ride from an airport. I was actually going back to the person I was with at the time. And she, the last thing she said to me was don't go back. And then I got out of the car and I went back, but like, that was one of the, one of the conversations. And then a couple days later, um, I met this, this, uh, older man who I think he's probably in his sixties or so. And he kind of reiterated the same thing to me. He's like, you have to be strong in leaving situations that don't feel good for you. And then he also mm -hmm. said, one day you're going to have to like stand up for yourself and really demand like respect because that's what you deserve. So it was like those two conversations, like one after the other, like got me out of the situation I was in. It was like a big part of it. And they were strangers. Like, I don't know who they are. I, I will probably never see them again. Um, but yeah, I think, I think that's what I would, my answer would be. <laughs> I think that also would answer the story that restores the hope in humanity. The one that we started this conversation with. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And sometimes, I mean, I, yeah, go ahead. I, th I think um, something I reflect, I've been reflecting, I reflect on a lot, especially with traveling is like this idea of asking for help. It's like, we feel like we're going to be a burden or you know, just the person is going to find us annoying or whatever. But I think sometimes we don't even have to ask for help. People can kind of pick up on it. And in addition to humans being a gift, I also think of asking for help as a gift because, you know, if, if I asked for you help, I, if I asked for your help with something and you were able to help me, that feels really, that would feel good for you and for me. So it's really a gift to be able to be who you needed for somebody or to be able to help them through something if you can. So I think that we should shift that um, notion a little bit more around the idea of asking for help. Like it's actually a gift to yourself and the person that you're asking. I, I think it's beautiful. And I also wanted to share something with you because I think it, you would also find it very beautiful. There is this concept um, in, in Japan, it's the Japanese word intoku. I don't know if you've ever heard about it. Mm -hmm. And basically intoku means good done in secret. And it's basically okay. when you just, you do something for another person that they would never know that it was you or that you've done it, but it's believed to give you the deepest sense of gratitude and fulfillment. 
just to do that good done in secret so you know for example somebody cleaning the street for somebody else to walk there they will never know who has who has done it but they actually done it and then lots of people are benefiting from it and actually they received the biggest gift because i feel like the universe and in this world we are being deeply rewarded when we give and it our hearts feel fulfilled and grateful the more we give actually that's why being asked for help is more of an honor and also doing the in talk with the good done in secret is one of the most powerful things that we can do mm, i love i think that's beautiful makes me think like how can you work that into every day like how can you do toku every day yeah actually yeah. It, it was quite funny so we said um so actually before i made love with lisa public it was a page which i was doing only with 10 of my closest friends and mm -hmm. the idea behind it that we all wanted to become better humans and uh, we would assign like weekly challenges so for example, all my friends uh, submitted different forms, like saying somebody wanted to improve their physical health or somebody wanted to improve their mental health or just to feel more sense of purpose. So then I would think of different challenges that they can do. And for the sense of purpose, once, uh, once we all 10 people, we were doing the Intoku. So we had to find in that week situations where we can do Intoku. And I just thought, you know, how powerful it is that there are 10 people out there now this week trying to do this good in secret. Wow. <laughs> and, and I thought it was just so powerful. And imagine if more people were just consciously doing that. That's beautiful, Lisa. Oh my gosh. You have a very special group of friends. I, That's I, I, beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, I think it was just so powerful. So I encourage anyone just try out and think of any talk that you can do. You can be, mm -hmm. and also it could be very small, right? Good things. Also, some some of the smallest things have the biggest impact. Like even loading the dishwasher when you see like your housemate is tired and you just done that for them, or yeah. I don't know, saying hello to the stranger who feels lonely and you feel like they're struggling and just asking if they're okay. It can mm -hmm. like make the biggest difference. Yeah, you're you're totally right. Yeah. yeah. And um, before I ask my last question, I mm -hmm. wanted to ask you where people can connect with you. Um. Yeah. So Instagram is a great place. So um, Anthea Toiber. Um, it's A N T H E A T A. E U B E R. <laughs> it's the big, it's a big long name. <laughs> um, that's a great place. Um, I think also on Three Minute Meds every Monday. So there's a link to the meditation in my bio. Um, but I think Instagram for now is like the number one place that I really like to connect with people on there and kind of make it like the social, social connection. You know, they call it social media, but I like this idea that we can actually make it social media by connecting, using it to mindfully connect with people. Um, so I think that's, yeah, that's the best place right now. Um, yeah. Cool. My last question would be, what would be one thing that you would have regretted if you had not done it through your lifetime? In the sense, if you're dying and you think about that one thing and you really regret that you have not tried or ever done it. It could be small or big. Um, 
That's a really good question, Lisa. I'm not what asking is, easy is, questions today. <laughs> yeah, I know. You always come at it with the with the questions, girl. Um, I think you know my my situation again when I was in my that relationship with lots of violence. Like leaving that relationship was kind of the start of my life um, in a lot of ways, and so I think that it was actually that moment, like the day that I walked that I left and um, it took like an immense amount of courage and I was really afraid. And there were lots of things that had happened over the past year that just, I was in this mind space of like, I would rather stay with the person or die than, you know, leave and try to like have a new life because I just was so in this dark place. Um, so I think it was that moment. And I think, um, you know, these kinds of relationships are really common when people are young and people get stuck in them for lifetimes or, um, you know, sadly, there are lots of deaths in relationships as well. So I think that for me, it was leaving that situation. So I just think leaving, leaving a dangerous situation and learning what safety and peace felt like um, is really, it's a hard choice to make. But for me, that, that was the one, that was the one moment. Um, and also like asking for help. I think like, cause I had to ask for help a lot in that situation from strangers, from my family. Um, and now, yeah, I kind of look forward to asking for help. I'm like, Ooh, what am I going to need help with today? Um, and it's really helped me also offer more help and become more attuned to seeing, you know, if someone might be in a situation similar to mine. Um, so yeah. And that, that's my answer. And I would love to hear your answer as well. I actually was thinking more of the thing that you would have not done in the sense that you have not done it yet, like a future thing. Oh, but I actually really liked thing. your answer as well because I found it very valuable as well. But ah. I, I can give my answer about the future thing while you can also think about okay. the future thing. So I asked that question a lot myself because I feel like thinking about dying will actually make me take action mm -hmm. because it can feel that we have a lot of time and at the same time we do and we don't. So we have enough time, but we don't have that much time. And um, I think Buddha said, the problem that everyone has, they think they have time. And I think that phrase just gives me chills because I, I really realized that there are things that I really want to do. And one of the things that I want to do and I would have regretted not doing it, is building this online community or just community of people. and basically encouraging them to be their better selves, whatever that better selves is, to embark on the journey of personal development. Because I think the, everyone has so many gifts and it's such a pity when, some, when people just leave this world without ever giving their gifts and becoming what they could have become. So with everything that I do, I want, with the podcast or with content that I'm sharing, I always want just to encourage people to be brave, to be courageous, to find the strength to actually take action, to be the better, to be to embark on the journey of being their better selves. And just doing it by my personal example, by fighting my own fears and doing things that I thought I could not do, just so that it encourages other people to follow their dreams as well. Mm. That's beautiful. And I'm curious, what inspired you to create Life with Lisa? What got you into this path of wanting to encourage others? Yeah, I, I <laughs> you know, some things you just know, I don't know from where you know them, but mm -hmm. um, I've been 
so interested in personal development from a very young age. My sister, I have a sister, she is six years older than I am, and she studied, she was studying psychology. And so basically when I was 12, she was 18 and in, she was reading all this psychology related books and about human behavior. And it just got really, really interested about that topic. And I just was wondering why there are so many great people in the world who can do so much, but they never get to do it. Because I, I, I sometimes you can meet somebody who is older and they're like, I, I would love to be an artist and draw these paintings, but I never actually got to do it. And I'm like, why not? I don't understand what was stopping them. Um, or, and I think our world is a poor place because of that. And I just cannot let that happen. I want, <laughs> and I think just sharing what I'm doing can actually maybe create a small moment in the world for other people to also try to find their gifts and to become better. And then our world will be so, so, such, a, such a beautiful place. Yeah. yeah, that's beautiful, Lisa. Wow. It, it's, it reminds me of um, this idea. It's like, you know how people talk about world peace a lot? Like, is world peace possible? Can there be world peace? And I think maybe there can't be world peace like all around the world at once, but I kind of think as people as their own little worlds. So I think there can be worlds of peace as in like peace, like through what you're offering, like helping people reach peaceful peacefulness within themselves. So there can be lots of worlds of peace around the world. Um, and I think that I kind of share that dream with you that I, I really want to dedicate my life to, to that mission and work with people like you to just kind of one mind at a time, slowly just create more space for peace and mindfulness and improvement and self-forgiveness and, you know, all these things we've been talking about. Um, yeah, yeah, really beautiful. Oh, wow. Okay. I think it's a great way. A great point to stop this podcast. Thank you so much for coming on to here. It was a great pleasure to talk to you. I enjoyed it so much. And I'm sure that those who are listening in have received lots of value just to listen to this conversation. And be sure to check out, check out Anthea's page, Instagram page. It's beautiful. She, she journals a lot and she shares lots of practical lessons there. It's a beautiful place to be. And maybe you'll be the next stranger she'll have a conversation with. <laughs> Ooh, I would love that. And thank you so much, Lisa. And I also want to encourage people listening. They'll know who you are already, but just in case um, they don't yet know, Lisa's page is amazing. And I save so many of those quotes that you post. I'm always saving them. Mm -hmm. And I love the meditation. Like she has a whole library of um, live meditations um, that you can do that are just really special. Beautiful. Thank you. Yeah, thank you.